Karen, we have something really cool I'm going to tell you about. Yes, what is it? Do you have an Alexa? I don't have an Alexa. You're a loser. Okay, I have an Alexa, so I'm cool and you're not. But hey, guess what? That's true. You can now listen to the How to Decorate podcast on Alexa. (gasps) So you could be like sitting in your kitchen being like, I hate this wall or I want to redo and just say, hey, Alexa? Yeah, yeah. So first though, you have to set it up. You have to go to Alexa dot amazon.com and there's like a skills tab and you go in there and you search for how to decorate and you enable the skill you have to say hey i'm down with how to decorate on alexa then it's ready to go on your alexa and you can just say hey alexa listen to the how to decorate podcast oh my gosh i love it so when you're at home and you're hating something about mm-hmm. your house you just get ask for us. <gasps> and you can say hey i want to listen to episode 52 or stop rewind play it again or things like that turn it up turn it down mute taryn put karen on loud Mm, you would say that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I'm excited. That's awesome. Go home and buy an Alexa right now. Oh, we can just buy it right now on Amazon. Yes. Dot com. All right. Welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I am on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And Taryn is just now back, second day from maternity leave. Welcome Yay. back. Yes, officially back. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> we can get some work done. And we're your finally complete host. Yay! <laughs> we're so happy you're back. Thank you. saga at my house so we're obviously doing the nursery we had to get rid of everything that was in what was a guest bedroom right it is a pain in the rear end it has been really rear end yeah continue sorry (laughs) i told you not to have babies if you listen to me you wouldn't have any problems i think i complained about this in one of mine because okay what do you do with all this stuff right you have to give it away it's ridiculous everything that you kept for a reason now there's it's no reasons lower, so you have to you have to be like goodbye. Yeah. So luckily, one of our good friends is moving into a new house. So I was like, "And do you need bed skirts? Do you need bedding? Do you need a wingback chairs?" Like I was basically yeah. like trying to shove all my stuff into her house. Mm-hmm. But okay, anyway, that's not the saga. Oh. Saga is about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a pain in the neck. I will but say, but not that. your trial. But my real trial is, um, I had these really great alabaster antique lamps that I bought at Scott's years and years ago. And in my guest room, they were like my bedside lamps. Right. They had black lampshades. They were great. Loved them. Gold lining on the interior. They're so pretty. I would have taken those. If Call she me. If, yeah, if what you put those on the doing? curb, I'm going to murder you. Hold on. If oh, you'd let right. me finish. Okay. okay. Right. So, rock, paper, scissors, Karen. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I did not want to get rid of them. Right. You could you love them. Continue. Sorry. So, I was like, how can I, like, work them into my living room? So, I also had this little drop leaf table that I had to move. So, essentially, what I've done is um, moved a lamp out of the living room put one of the marble lamps on my side table, and then I put this other little drop leaf table on the other side of my mantle. So it's two, it's a matching pair of lamps on either side of my mantle. Mm-hmm. But here's my saga. I feel like picking a lampshade for an old lamp is a, like, to- it has been such a nightmare. Like, I've probably tried four different lampshades. None of them 
maybe I'm like being Goldilocks here, but none of them were just right. I had the black ones, but I really wanted, you know, if you have like an opaque lampshade, the light is only at the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I really needed more light in my living room. So I mm-hmm. wanted a linen shade to like really cast more um, ambient light. So I went to our store, obviously, and I got some of our tailored lampshade, which I wanted, um, like, I didn't want a drum, but I didn't want a straight up empire, you know, where it's like, really, I wanted sort of something in between where there's a little shape to it, a little taper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I got our tailored one, like, the smaller size was too small, the bigger size was a little too big. This is Goldilocks. Um, yeah, you are Goldilocks. It, well, they, they just, the proportions just weren't right. Were you changing the harp size as well? The, it was, it was like a width issue, okay. not a height issue okay. so much. Um, Anyway, so then I, then I got the Suzanne Kassler Essential Lampshade. The shape was like not quite right. It was like too exaggerated of a taper. <laughs> So I'm, I'm exhausted listening to this. Um, I, I was too. exhausted. Can you imagine being married to Caroline? No. Going through this song? No. This I'd be like, saga. get a stupid lampshade. Okay. Well, before so, the baby's born. I'd be like, the black ones are staying. <laughs> They're staying. Yeah. So years ago, I had bought, I had got at our outlet another lampshade from our store that looks just like the Suzanne Kasser essential lampshade. And I really, really loved it. But I couldn't figure out why it was neither of the her essentials because she has two sizes. Anyways. It turns out it's the lampshade from her Chappelle lamp. Mm-hmm. I put it on my lampshades. It looks perfect. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect size, perfect width, height, everything. Like, it looks fantastic. Well, we do not sell them. No, it just lamps. comes with a lamp. It doesn't come independently of the Chappelle. Mm-hmm. So I, of course, emailed Valerie, our merchant, and I'm like, to help me out here like do i need to go buy the darn lamp at the outlet like what what? she said i hope she said that did she get you a shade she's she's giving me some shades and i'm gonna buy them (laughs) you are lucky but i was just like why is anyway so anyone out there trying to fit a shade on an old lamp or a lamp that doesn't have a shade i feel your pain it is hot it's but here's lesson one i have to tell people because i hear this from the store all the time bring your lamp into the store Bring your lamp into the store. Don't try to guess. This shade is going to work. The shade isn't going to yeah. Bring your lamp Plus, into the, the store. shades are hard to, like, carry to and from because they do dent and right. stuff. So it is, like, bring and it in. And the store is going to have different size harps. And mm-hmm. harps are those things that fit. Uh, they attach your, these. you know, they attach your shade to the lamp. They're kind yes. of like, they're shaped like a, what would you say? Like Wishbone. A wishbone. It's shaped like a harp. It's shaped like a harp, you idiots. <laughs> no, they're not really shaped like a, a harp. A little bit. I mean, a harp is like shaped like that. Um, so <laughs> um, they'll have different size harps in the store. Most yes. likely they're going to give it to you for free. They're just going to switch your harp out to make the shade fit. So bring your lamp in and switch out harps. I think most people don't even occur. It doesn't even occur to them that you can get a different size harp. And they're like $1.99. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, just for the record, There's the reason more. that I did not do that <laughs> is because the shades that I like the best, we didn't carry in the store. Well, you didn't know. But you didn't know what you liked. No, I knew what I liked. We didn't have them in the stores. There were two, there were two particular shapes that I liked. Because here was the thing. The black ones were the perfect size. Mm-hmm. They were just black. <laughs> anyway. They sound beautiful to me. So is this your triumph? No, that was my trial. This is your trial. Okay. That was my trial. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> Me too. 
Um, and let's see. My triumph is that a couple weeks, let's see, two weeks ago now, I guess, we went to New Orleans for a little weekend getaway. I guess you could kind of call it a baby moon, but it wasn't like rest and relaxation weekend. We're going to go to the beach for that. It was just like, you know, eat. We walked around, yada, yada. Anyways, I felt, I found the cutest store. It's called Nadine Blake. Pretty sure that's what it's called. And um, I got to put this on my Google I Maps and save it. just totally loved it. It's on Royal Street on sort of more, it's closer to like Esplanade than Canal. So it's sort of like on the so east side. So you don't say Esplanade, you say Esplanade? I think that Esplanade is the French pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's Isn't New Orleans sort of French? I know, but sometimes. The French Quarter? Everyone there said Esplanade. Okay, got it. So I. I'm Maybe they curious. were all wrong. I don't know. Mm. Their Google photos Everyone there is wrong photos. and I'm correct. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kidding. Well, at first I said Esplanade and then someone, like, oh, no. someone kind of gave me a funny look. And I was like, well, okay then. Anyways, um, it's called Nadine Blake. It's not a very big store, but they had the cutest linens. I'll have to send you all a picture. Um, they had like little block print linens. They were super affordable, these particular ones. And they also had the coolest thing that I'm, I got some for my mom and I'm kind of wanting to order some for myself. They're like fabric coasters and placemats, but they have some sort of finish on them, I guess, that makes them wipeable. So you know how like, like I don't really, I don't always love like a laminated placemat. Sometimes I do, but sometimes you just want that pretty texture of a fabric. But you have to wash the placemats. You got to iron. It's the whole thing. But these, like, you can just wipe off any stains. But they still have that. And they were like, um, they had all different colors. They had like a little Greek key border on them. There were some that were sort of like a sunburst pattern. I don't know. They were adorable. And I highly recommend. Did you I buy got, any? Well, I bought some coasters for my mom. And then I wanted some of the placemats, but they they didn't have the color and the style that I wanted, mm-hmm. so I had to order them. But I just thought that was the cleverest thing ever because awesome. you know sometimes laundering all your linens all the time it can be a drag. Yes. So agreed. Anyways, so if you're going to New Orleans, anytime soon, go see Nadine Blake. She was adorable, and I loved it. Very fun. Good shout yeah. out for I Nadine. I love a good shopping place. <laughs> I do too. Like I want to go to every like. U.S. city and do like the best shopping list, like home find, decor. It's hard to find good shopping guides. I find you know what it's I mean very when hard you're going to find somewhere because mm-hmm. yeah, they're just giving you what everyone knows about, and you want to know those little ones. You're like that oh, no one knows about. in the crannies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Maybe that's what I should do. I'm signing off and starting my own. <laughs> I'll just travel to the cities and wander around. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'll go next. Okay, go <laughs> do it. I am. I okay. So I'll do my trial first okay listen (laughs) i got a baby at home now so now i can relate to all you parents a little bit more and i will say the um you know the reflux thing has been fun (laughs) on my furniture (laughs) but i will say before we left the nicu the um one of the nurses was like folex for cleaning your carpets Mm. Did we already talk about this? I've never heard of Folex. No, but I haven't. F-O-L-E-X. She was like, it got, and this was the nurse. She was like, <laughs> it got the blue Gatorade from her son being sick out of, out of her carpet. So as soon as she said that, my husband went to Lowe's or Home Depot, one of the two, and bought it. And I will say. It works like a it, charm. It does work. 
works mm-hmm. real well. So this is an unsponsored <laughs> <laughs> Folex commercial because I've used it quite a bit. Wow. It's your um, new best friend. Yes. Um, yes, it is. So that is my recommendation. But okay. I'm so excited about my triumph. Okay. <laughs> so this Sunday, um, I was the last day of my maternity leave, and I obviously been staring at this room and complaining about our living, our den. Wait, which room? Our den. That the brown oh, room. The brown yes, room. The brown room. Oh, the brown the room. room. It really room. should just be the brown room. It is. It is the brown room. My husband doesn't understand why I hate the brown room, it's, which is still comical it's great. to me. It's great. What are you talking about? You should really listen because I know all of you listening know how much I hate mm-hmm. this room. So anyway, um, we were in there the other day and after we, one of our designers and we talked about color blocking the books on the bookshelf to help. So we have a bunch of books like on our – like we fill in the built-ins in that room. and so Totally? Yeah, we have so many books. So I said to David, I was like, David, let's put these all color blocked. So we literally took them all out and we completely color blocked each shelf. And like I was like, put the red books in the top left and the and so it was really fun to do. And he, of course, thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And I had some (laughs) girlfriends over who were laughing that I was organizing. They're like, this makes sense. So when you want to find art history about art history, you're gonna be like, look in the blue spines up in the top. (laughs) Which is fair. It will be harder to find. But it'll be visually beautiful. Which is obviously more important. Oh, we care about. (laughs) Yes. So if any of you are struggling with that, I thought that was a great tip. And so I was very excited. It looks really good. Yay. I mean, it's still a brown room. But little by little, guys. Mm -hmm. That's right. You're going to win one day. Oh, I'm winning. Can't you tell? Oh, let's rearrange your books in this room. Guys, I'm getting there. You are getting there. Send him on a vacation and just paint the whole thing. Every inch. Just keep nudging it. I take a mile. (laughs) Okay, Karen. Okay, so my triumph is that I recently bought these leaf vines that we sell. We kind of sold them a while ago for holiday. We still sell them. I checked the website the the other day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a flexible vine wire with flat gold or brass leaves that come off of this wire it sounds ugly doesn't it but i've seen it so i know it's beautiful (laughs) it's amazing yeah right and it's long i'd say it's i'm stretching my arms out i think one of the vines is probably four feet long like we call it garland we do i think we call it garland i can google um so I have really liked it ever since we introduced it for holiday. We decorated a tree with it. We put it, you know, mm-hmm. like on a bookshelf or something. But I just thought it was really cool. I don't yeah. know, this really interesting thing. And I wanted to use it as sort of a sculpture in my house. And I have this one little weird wall um, that is We call it garland. the Gilded Leaf Garland. Okay. It's $99? Mm-hmm. Yeah. $99, y'all. It's a deal. So I bought two of them. And um, I have a wall that is, you know, it's at the bottom of a staircase. And so it's only like, I don't know, three feet wide. And it, and it has a light switch on it. So you can't put a piece of art or a mirror or anything on there that's of any kind of size because it's going to cover up that dumb light switch. Is the light switch dead center in that wall? No. Oh, yeah. that's Well, that's a little better, I guess. But also I, Our annoying. electrician, I'm pretty sure – was smoking the weed when he did our house because <laughs> things are in the most random places. He put it more he and, wanted. And having been, this is my first renovation ever, like I was not in here eyeballing every single light, 
light switch, which lesson learned, you guys, next time I'll be like moving it over two inches, you know, because think about where's the telebar going to go? Where am I going to hang the art? All that stuff. Like put it in your architectural plans, probably. Right. Like spec where that switch Right. But it's also hard to visualize, I think, sometimes until you're in... You do have to think how you're using the space, right? Which Even is before hard. you have your drywall, you can look there and go, "Oh well, I would, I'm gonna want to hang a piece of art here. This light switch is right in the wrong place." Anyway, right. So I have this weird thing, blah blah blah. So I bought these vines, and so I started at the bottom left of this wall, and I sort of snaked it all the way up the wall in this sort of very organic pattern, and then I had it curve around the corner and go tuck back behind our television. So um, it's like this cool, I don't know, vine sculpture. I love it. It I looks awesome. It, you made it a sculptural piece of art, mm-hmm. yeah, which is so awesome on a wall. That's what everyone's looking for. Right, something like, dimensional. I almost feel like we should re-photograph this product in the way that you're talking about because mm-hmm. it's absolutely like it's so cool that, i think we that, should that do method. it just yeah. like that so other people can be just as inspired well we'll have to take a picture for the <laughs> let me ask you this how did this idea occur to you because i feel like it, I, it's very out of the box basically i like the product a lot and i thought it was pretty and i liked that it was really flexible so that was my first thing. I just had it in my brain. Like, that's a cool item. What can mm-hmm. I do with it? I'm not going to decorate my Christmas tree with it or hang it like a Christmas garland. But is there's something I could do. So if, when I first got it, I hooked it up this etagere that's in my dining room. So it's a brass etagere and the leaves on this vine are brass. And so I, for the holidays, I kind of wound it up that etagere and had it going around that. It was super cool. I loved it. I would do it there too. I'd probably have it in five rooms in my house. Um <laughs> So I lived with it like that for a little bit. Uh, I just knew I liked it. It's one of those things, you know, when you're shopping for shoes or whatever, you know, you don't know what it's going to go with, but you know you love it. Yeah. So I just bought it and I loved it and I just sort of sat with it for a little bit. And um, and I knew I didn't like that wall and I wanted a better solution. And so I just sort of thought about it. And I liked the idea that it turned the corner and kind of went a little bit behind the television That's too. So cool. It's like quirky. Yeah, like it's growing. Irreverent. Yeah. Of, yeah. So I don't know. Well, I don't cool. know. It's probably a little too much wine. I got inspired. Well, well it looks awesome. You. you know what? Here's my next trial <laughs> that I feel like is going to go on for the next year. I have decided in oh, my head. we're doing saga trials today. <laughs> <laughs> I you guys probably do this. I get an idea in my head and then I can't get it out. Like when I hated my dining room chandelier and then I had to get rid of it. Okay? So I've suddenly decided, not so suddenly, maybe decided that I hate my living room. I hate it. I don't know why, but I do not like it. To you, is it a, is it a layout issue? Yeah. Is it well, I don't know that I have style? a lot of layout options. Okay. So it's a, more of a style issue. I mean, I've always hated my sofa because it. I inherited the sofa from you didn't my buy husband, yourself. right? <laughs> and it's a fine sofa. You know, it's tan. It's the track arm. Um, you know, it's super simple. There's nothing gross about it. It's just... Get rid of it. It's out of here. Right? Get rid of your leather one. All talk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, she should give it to you. Oh my gosh, I have a sofa. We'll do a we'll do a we'll sofa do a swap. <laughs> well, we did have a, a, a product turnover today at the office, and I sat in one of our new sofas, and I am in love with it. You said the SK one, the Suzanne Castler new sofa. I love that thing, you guys. It was so comfortable, so comfy, so comfortable. I love the look of it. It's sleek, but it's not too modern. So I've got, now I've got. I was thinking, well, maybe that would help me with my living room. But then again. I kind of want to rethink the whole thing. 
I don't know what or why should. or how, but I might need to be talking about it for a year. Okay. okay. So maybe we'll do some before pictures and people can give me their input. Absolutely. I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. So and plus, can we talk about things before you get rid of them too? Well, yeah, if you want Just anything. in case I want some things. Yeah. Because there definitely are some things I could. Um, really? There's um, cute things in number there. Number one, your sofa versus my sofa. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. So even if it's not a swap. <laughs> okay. Your poor kids we are like, work I that want out. this. Nope. <laughs> one of my kids now, he lives in New York, so I can't give him stuff. And the other one lives upstairs, so he doesn't need a sofa. <laughs> I, I mean, I love the room, but I, I totally get how it's sometimes you're just yeah. like, I'm done. I, yeah. I want. I want something fresh. And you maybe you want to, you know, play with drapery and. I do. New sconces. I do. I do. One thing I, I will I, say is I feel like the other rooms in your house mm-hmm. seem a, like the style seems it almost seems like you decorated this one first uh-huh. and then the other one. Like, I feel like the other ones are a little bit more modern, uh-huh. a little bit more quirky. And I feel like this is... This is boring? No, no. I actually... I love this room. I just it's so feel like there's some... Like, it's not what I would have pictured you to pick oh, out, I guess. You know what you also could do is move around your art? Yeah. Start with, like, rearrange and then see what you want new. Right. Yeah, because that's you a good know point. the product so well. I should probably just pull all of the sort of side tables, lamps, everything, all the accessories out of the room and maybe re-accessorize and redo it, like do that last layer again and see if that kind of revives me a little bit. See, I feel like that la- all of the accessories seem like totally in line with everything Oh, it's else. the chairs. But, it, but like I feel like the rug and the – boring right and, um, i love that rug. i do too it's pretty it's so it's very pretty. traditional but Super see that's why i think that it it throws me off it right i yes. love it i think Dibs. it looks no, gorgeous you can't have it. no i don't want it i'm Good. just saying like <laughs> i don't, I don't want it i don't have anywhere for it you know <laughs> i do no. i'm not trying to argue you for it is what i'm saying but <laughs> i'm moving in is what i meant <laughs> this is my i don't know no. i guess I think you should. I think I've heard I someone came on here and told us, pull everything out. Literally mm-hmm. just strip it down and like do it again. Right. And move things around your house. You yeah. can easily move the lamp that's, that's in the room a good where point. we're recording yeah. and swap lamps even would give yeah, you true. different. Because you kind of brought that brown with the scots in here. You could kind of. I can mix it up a little. And then yeah. if you still hate it, time to purchase. That's right. Knew something. I think I've always thought it was really pretty, though. I do too. You I don't. I don't think that there's anything wrong. Yeah, it's not it. gross. That's the hard part about justifying change because yeah. there's really nothing wrong yeah. with it. It's totally fine. It's just. Mm. And I love the orange, but I love orange. I know. When I you orange. have people over for dinner, do you feel like it functions well for your entertaining? No. No. Okay. Well, because you can fit six people out there max, right? Because it's a sofa and two chairs and then two pull-up X benches. It's not mm-hmm. a big room. Right. Um, so, y- you know, if you have three couples, yes, and two people are on X benches. So that's not great. Don't love that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's – and you can't do much bigger stuff because you have to walk through the room. And Here's a question. Mm-hmm. What if you got rid of that um, – bookcase mm-hmm. and did like a little either like a little settee or like a little corner coventry in like a fabulous velvet or something and you could put like a little um side table over there or something and have like a little but you'd be stuck over in the corner by yourself 
Nobody puts baby in the corner. You know what I bought the oh. other day? I bought the Rollins console. You know what that is? Oh my god, I love that. Did I tell you console. that I bought this? I have nowhere to put it. But it's a it's sort of a Parson style white chunky console. It's covered in burlap and it's painted white, so it's it's got really a modern cool. vibe. I and love that table. I bought it just, so good it was in the outline. I'm like, I, I love it. I've been wanting it. Nowhere to put it. Literally nowhere to put it. It's still <laughs> at the store because I haven't brought it home. But it could go over there where that little yeah, bookshelf is. Yeah. And like kind of modern up the space a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. So you anyway. You put a bench under there. The saga begins. Yeah. I could put a little seating under there and pull that out. Well, I wasn't necessarily thinking of it as when you have a dinner party, but when you have like a cocktail party. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like little bitty groupings. I feel like people with really big rooms will do that where they have like a little corner so i mean i totally get what you're saying with like if you had four couples that would be a little awkward right but but if you're breaking up into a couple groups yes yeah no that's a good idea too i probably need to do the layout in our little room planner and then fiddle with some ideas Mm -hmm. that would probably make me feel better about my decision making because i feel like no matter how you arrange it you probably won't get more than six Right. Onto that rug. It's not a big house. It's not a big yeah. room. So that's what it is, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. So, so the saga ongoing begins. saga. Okay. I feel like we need some photos of the room mm-hmm. to give people some context. Okay. And they and can all vote leave, on what to yeah, do. <laughs> maybe they'll leave some comments. And yeah. They might have great ideas too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. They've had some beautiful. They've sent us some good photos. They have. So. They do. They yeah. have really great taste. All right. All right awesome. Well, cool. I can't wait to meet our new guest, Kendall. Let's do it. So our guest today is originally from Kentucky. She went to UGA for college, spent a little time up in New York City. Karen, do you want to? You have to say New York York City. New York City. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're back in Nashville and have your own interior design firm. That's right. Welcome. Yeah. Thank Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for stopping by while you're here in Atlanta. We're so glad to have you. What are you doing here in Atlanta? Um, I am here to have a day at ADAC. Um, I need to refresh my sample library for a couple of mm-hmm. upcoming projects. And then there is an art gallery in Atlanta called Greg Irby Gallery. That's one of my mm-hmm. very favorites. And I'm picking up some pieces for an upcoming install from her as well. Oh. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me ask you this. If you're picking up pieces for an install, have you already picked them out? And then yes. you're just oh, coming yeah. to... Bought and paid for, and <laughs> I am just like swinging by to see any new things that she has, um, and just sort of, I'm already in Atlanta for some other things, and so I'm saving on some shipping costs, because the, cool. they'll fit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So Very how nice. did you, tell us about that journey from Kentucky to New York, back to the South. Sure. Um, I was born in rural Kentucky, um, a town called Elizabethtown, um, which is quite small. Uh, my father took a different job with a from, went from one bank to another, which moved us to Chattanooga, Tennessee, when I was in mm-hmm. high school, which is amazing. Were you mad? I was so mad. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like I was this horrid, completely ticked teenager for like <laughs> oh. well over a year. Bless my parents' sweethearts. Um, they had to deal with that for a minute. Um, but I like readily admitted not too long after I met my husband at Baylor in Chattanooga, like he's amazing. (laughs) We've known each other for a million years. So it was a wonderful move. I'm glad it happened. I was not happy about it at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, then I went to UGA for school, um, which I adored and, um, did the big tour of all the Southern schools and UGA just was the best one. And I was really (laughs) excited the moment I saw it. Um, 
Then New York happened just organically after design school. I interviewed for jobs all through my last semester of my senior Mm -hmm. year and happened to have one lined up with a really great design firm. So I graduated in May and moved to New York in June. Much to your parents' joy. You know, we are just travelers and not homebodies at all. So Mm -hmm. I think they weren't shocked I just meant just you getting a job. I'm always delighted when kids get jobs at college. (laughs) I I think everyone was pleased to (laughs) line something up as quickly as we did. Um, I think that was in 2007. Mm. So it was very fortunate that I was able to line that job up and, and have work experience and have become involved in a firm before yeah. everything tanked in sure. 2008, 2009. So <laughs> that was wildly fortunate for me. Yeah. What type of style did that firm have? Sure. That's a great question. Um, I worked for Campion Platt, okay. um, who is a designer and architect in New York. And his style is incredible. He loves color. Mm-hmm. Um, he walked this fine line where he could incorporate incredibly modern elements into beautiful traditional buildings. Um, you could walk into a home, a classic home on the Hudson River Valley that we had done, and you would still find incredible purple plaster walls. I mean, just mm. incredible details but it all felt right. Mm -hmm. Um, He was really something to get to learn from. So his style, um, you know, he did everything from Hamptons homes to ski lodges to city penthouses. And they all had really, really unique character just based on the property. He didn't really pigeonhole himself into one certain style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just always something I'm curious about because I feel like um, some designers, their styles really line up with who they've sort of apprenticed under in their early years and then some people like drastically differ so Mm -hmm. that always is super intriguing to me because I know I think it's one of those things where I I feel like I've taken little bits from all the people that I have worked for over the Mm -hmm. years um and I hope that I've sort of pulled these really wonderful elements from all of their styles that have then sort of informed what I do. Um, So when I first moved back to Nashville from New York, before I started my own company, I actually got to work for Ray Booth from McAlpin Booth and Barrier for a couple of years. And he is, I mean, talent to end all talent. He is so (laughs) insanely wonderful. Um, And it's funny because you look at what I do and you look at what McAlpin does and what Ray does, and you would never... Mm-hmm. equate the two as being similar because they're very muted and and they have these very, very um, sort of sophisticated palettes that are tone on tone and texture. And yeah. it's, it's more subtle than what I do. Um, but then you start to dissect it and you're like, wait a second, Kendall uses an awful lot of upholstered custom screens. And you'll see Ray's work and you'll say, oh my God, that's where she's <laughs> pulling that from. But it's just sort of I filter it through my lens, but kind of I always was filing those things away that I thought he did so well. Mm-hmm. So that informs it. So it's kind of a hodgepodge of anybody else that was an influence on me that has sort of just melded into yeah. whatever this thing is, you know, that mine is. <laughs> I feel like that's probably yeah. what most people would say, you know, because. Yeah. 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 I mean, sense. you hope that you can walk away from working for someone and take a lot of good from that, you know, and just even if, you know, when you work for other people, sometimes you you have to say, okay, well, maybe that's not what I would do, but this is a firm and we have an aesthetic and Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. And then all of a sudden, when you start your own company, you have that freedom to say, no, like it stops with me. Like 
I get to do whatever I want with this, you know? And so you don't have that layer um, that's holding you back maybe a little bit occasionally. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you get to refer back and say, oh, wow, like I saw that person do that thing. And now I get to reinvent it in this really exciting new way that's just mine. Okay, well, let me ask you this. If you get to have your own aesthetic, is sometimes the pressure too much to where you're like, wait, what is my aesthetic? <laughs> Shoot, the, this is like, <laughs> you it's, have to like nail yeah. it down. And what if you It's have hard when doing it's that? for something that's mine. It's hard for something that is a, a You mean your own home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm incredibly, incredibly decisive when it comes to what other people should do. But then for myself, <laughs> it's, I mean, and I hear that what? from other designers. Right. Why is that so hard? Um, it's oh. because what you were just saying, we see all of it mm-hmm. and we come across so many beautiful things on a daily basis that Mm -hmm. when it comes down to, okay, what am I actually going to spend my dollars on for this one home or this, you know, these very few homes? Like it's hard. It's a lot of pressure. Um, But for clients, I'm incredibly decisive. I'm like, oh, I know what you need. <laughs> like, I already know. Like, this is what you're going to do. Wait, you just said very few homes. How many homes do you have? Well, so we have two. Sorry, that sounded <laughs> odd like, the way I framed, framed that. Um, we have two. One is a really awesome loft in a converted factory building in yeah. Nashville. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite spaces ever. Um, it's actually the homepage on our website right oh. now that has all of the, the bright color and the blue sofa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so because it's so super fun to do our own projects, um, we actually did just recently did a short term rental house for fun as well in Nashville that oh, cool. I just went insane on. I went crazy. I did all of the most colorful kind of things that you wouldn't necessarily want to live with every day. But since it's a short term rental, people are coming in and out of there constantly and they're loving it and they're having this really exciting moment there. Um, that's so that's why I mentioned that. So that, is it like a living advertisement for your firm? Kind Sounds of, like yeah. What kind of people are you running to? Is it like country music people? Or? Um, so it's funny that you mentioned that. We actually did just shoot a video, a music video there two weeks ago, which was super exciting oh. um, for for a really cool artist. Um, so we're doing a lot of that kind of thing, but we're also just running to groups that are coming into Na- Nashville is popping right yes, now. Like yes, everybody hot. is coming to Nashville. Like bachelorette party. We're doing a lot of those. Yeah. A lot of groups of girls for whatever reason, whether they're coming in for a bachelorette really or, um, you know, we have all these 50th birthday parties and you know, just really fun girls trips and things. Um, mostly girls. It's a pretty feminine house. We're not getting like the dudes coming through <laughs> as much. It's definitely ladies trips who are coming in, but it's been really fun. <laughs> it's it's true though. I, me and my girlfriends are going to the beach and I will say the, the house that won out was like the best decorated that we we're like, what? We need to go see that one. Yeah. So. It's interesting. The short-term rental market is interesting. There's something for everyone out there. And our house is not the cheapest house on Airbnb, but it's one of those things where there's a market for both, right? Mm-hmm. There's a market mm-hmm. for we're doing this because we want a really incredibly affordable place and that's great. And then there's this other market like we want to blow it out in Nashville and we want to have this amazing venue to to be kind of the backdrop for all of our memories and all of our photos. And those people who really understand the importance of aesthetics for how you're enjoying your space, like those are the groups that are booking us all day long. It's been really cool. (laughs) I mean, I I definitely consider that when I'm looking at rentals. Oh, if it's like depressing furniture. Oh, oh. it makes a huge difference. It It does. Especially if you're a person who really does appreciate those things. And obviously... 
all of you ladies working for Ballard, <laughs> yeah. like you're gonna appreciate those things. We'll and, notice. Yeah. Yeah. So describe your look to us. Sure. Um, colorful and eclectic. I try to mm. make, be a mixture of timeless pieces that you can have forever, but have a personality and have fun. We only live once. And so let's have your home be truly new, unique to you and incorporate elements that maybe your mother thinks are crazy. But you know what? It's your house and you need to live there and have a good time in your home. So yeah. that's kind of my overarching theme like let's mix in some investment pieces and some timeless pieces you can have forever but let's have a good time as well yeah i feel like if you look at your portfolio or your instagram the first thing i thought of was just like fun and mm-hmm. spunky right that, those so are like a little two. bit irreverent i love i think that it totally embodied in the way you do art you know the way you mix art on the wall there's some super classic things some like really weird things i, I loved that and even where you hung them Yes, art is one of my favorite things to play with. Um, I strongly encourage all of my clients to make investments in original art, whether they're small, you know, even if you're going to local art fairs and supporting Mm -hmm. up and coming artists, um, even if you don't have a huge budget and you're spending only maybe a couple hundred dollars a piece, it's I feel like it's really important to have real art. But then what you're referencing is I may hang that next to a photo print of Kurt Cobain from Urban Outfitters, you know, mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden when you mix those two things together, it elevates mm-hmm. everything, um, especially with gallery walls. I kind of go crazy with those and <laughs> I don't care what the mix is as long as it feels right. Um, a lot of people want to hear about rules and they want these guidelines and rules for gallery walls. And I'm not the person to ask for those <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, I'm going to lay it all out on the floor and we're going to mess with it and mess with it until it's perfect. And we're all going to know it's right. Um, well, let's talk about art because do you like, I know, the, I mean, you obviously like really colorful art. Yes. Who are like your favorite artists right now? Anyone okay. we should watch out for? 100%. There is a Nashville artist named Ed Nash, who's one of my all-time favorites. Googling it. He's fantastic. He... um He's the sweet, sweetest British man who has lived in Nashville for ages. Um, he's kind of the become this, I don't know, he's like the mayor of the art community, I feel like, in Nashville. Like, he throws <laughs> these amazing parties at his gallery space all the time. Um, and he's just a really good time. And his art is lovely. And he does, he kind of works in two different palettes. He has my palette, which has, you know, fuchsias and hot pinks and really vibrant colors. But then he also does these incredibly muted um, pale blues and pale greens and, you know, even completely neutral canvases as well, Mm -hmm. which are really special. Um, Love him. I want to just harken back to one of your images I was looking at today. Because I was just Googling Ed, and it reminded me of a painting that was in one of your spaces. And the space was pretty neutral. I mean, your stuff's pretty colorful. You like the color, which I, do. I <laughs> admire. Um, Taryn's all about the color, too. Like, y'all are, are spirit animals together. Um, <laughs> but the room, as far as I recall, didn't have a ton. Like, the, the piece of art had a lot of magenta. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the room didn't have a lot of magenta, except... Like one throw pillow and one tiny little prop over on a tray. And I'm like, oh, my God, beautiful magic. Because it wasn't like this room that someone like sprayed magenta all over. So like, you know, man would want to go in it. Yep. Um, but it was just like the art and two mm-hmm. little pops. 
I can really get families and husbands, especially to get on board with it if they understand it's one blip like on the radar of the entire room. Um, I think sometimes when you're looking at a presentation for a room or for a whole home, um, it can be really hard for someone to understand how big and exactly how much of the percentage of space uh-huh. in the room each item on paper is actually going to take up. So I try to spend a lot of time verbally discussing with people, okay, this swatch of fabric looks really, really intimidating right now because the the memo sample is maybe 12 by 12. And then you're looking at a sofa that the whole thing is neutral and it's this, you know, two inches big on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And in your brain it looks like this one crazy thing is going to outweigh the other. You need a pie chart. But in reality, (laughs) like it doesn't. And and a pie chart maybe would be helpful. That would be brilliant. I I just spend a lot of time verbally explaining like, okay, just imagine in your mind that there are like yards and yards and yards of this gray or beige or, you know, whatever our upholstery is. And you have like, you know, all of this white paint surrounding you. And then you just have this like one pillow (laughs) that's hot pink. Mm-hmm. Or this yeah. one piece of artwork that's magenta. And and usually once you start getting people to think about it in that way spatially, they get a lot more comfortable. But it yeah. takes a while to get there sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Have I any of y'all been to that Thank website? Um, it's called Color Lovers. Have any of y'all used this? What is before? it? Tell us about okay, it. Okay. Well, it's just you can like create color palettes. Um, but when you were saying pie chart, that's something that like you can kind of do on here. Like this is a, this is kind of a boring example, but you can like assign Caitlin showing us her amounts computer. to what color. So you can I'm say so, I've got thirty percent blue, twenty percent really? spa, and then Anyways, it makes a I little used, color chart for you. Yeah, it's called what again? Color lovers, but color is spelled with a U. Like what's the, the oh? So what's the point of the site itself? I just would do it if like I was doing graphic design or something, and I wanted to like use pink, but it'll give you like the hex numbers oh, of the color, uh-huh, okay. uh-huh. so you can like. Oh, okay. I found just this perfect blush. It'll give you the hex number. So it okay. So it translates like, them all into other yeah. formulas. So I would just do it if I was like looking for color inspiration for. Yeah. No, that could be a really Anyways. helpful tool, though. I but think. like yeah. a big bar of beige or uh-huh. you know gray or white, mm-hmm. and then like a little sliver of magenta, and then a little sliver of teal. You know, absolutely. And sometimes we'll go so far as I mean, if the home is not under construction like if it's accessible to us we'll go into the space and i'll i'll physically hold up yeah. <laughs> you know, some different samples and say okay imagine it's just this one piece of fabric a couple of times like and look at all of this other white that you have or all of these other things and mm-hmm. um it's interesting how far a little bit of color can go mm-hmm. i think oftentimes people think they have to if they want color that means they have to go buy a giant purple rug or something, Mm -hmm. or they have to go buy, um, I don't know, they have to paint their room a crazy color or something like that, that mistake that every teenage girl makes where they're like, I'm going to paint my room. Yeah. Purple. (laughs) Turquoise or, you know, whatever crazy color. And you're like, no, you don't want to do that. Have a throw pillow and be happy. Get a bedspread. Just as happy. Um, and so I think people sometimes think that it's more of a commitment than what it actually is. When in reality, oftentimes in a lot of my rooms, you could swap out a couple of pieces of art and a handful of pillows, and you've completely reinvented the color story of the room because most of it is neutral. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I like flexibility too. You know, sometimes you get tired of things and you want to freshen, and that's okay. Yeah, what's your favorite color? 
Um, uh, oh, can we all vote? Yeah, can oh, of like of our own nope. or well, we what we Oh yeah, I'd love to hear guesses. Well, I'm gonna go with magenta. Okay, I think like cobalt blue. Oh, I'm going with like a fuchsia. Like, okay. Fuchsia, going... hot pink. Hot pink. All the way. Does magenta count? The Isn't that the yeah, same thing? Okay. Well, that's true. true. I think of magenta having a yes. little bit more, more purple, purple in true. it. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never let, I've never met a color I didn't like in some form. <laughs> um, my, my color. What about I, wet hot dog? Uh, that's Miles that's Red's true. least favorite color. Ugh, wet hot dog. That's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, that's the naming too. True, but you immediately know what it looks like. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Right? Oh, okay. I don't let like them that. say that. When you're looking at a like a color wheel, like the bold <laughs> colors. Um, I the only ones I don't love working with. I try to avoid orange if I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And what I love, orange. I I just can't. I it's can't. It's like the one color I love. It may have do. something to do though with the fact that I'm operating in Tennessee and mm-hmm. there's UT like oh, bright sports. orange mm. that everywhere. Is a, that is a Bold. It's a bad orange. And I find brutal. it to just be a little bit obnoxious. It a it's a bad orange. Isn't that like in the it's blind side when she was like, yes. you can go to Tennessee, but I'm not wearing that god-awful orange. It is not on my color wheel. Yes. Yes. Sandra. That. <laughs> and so I try to avoid that. I find that just, and maybe it's just that I like all the other colors better. I don't know. It's not, I don't know. It's just not my deal. I'm with you. And I what? red, I only use red in very small red. doses. Mm-hmm. That's, um, That's a strong. It has to just be in these little minute bits yeah. um, yeah. for me to like them. But pretty much anything else I'll make work. <laughs> yeah, we're besties. Y'all, <laughs> y'all cut like, me off if I'm asking like too many questions. Either? No, I meant like, I, I was like, I should have hosted tonight. Like <laughs> you would have, you would have loved my space. Like I'm like, oh, well, you're how? Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah. It. I just yeah, been like, she's all color girl. When I look, like I've had, we've many times. Listeners are tired of hearing about my juju hat. I had a fuchsia, <laughs> but we're not on my white, on my nice. white mantle, white brick painted. Like it was hot pink. Yeah, yes. Like I brought hot pink in like hard <laughs> into my home. I love that though. That's brave. And chartreuse and you've got some nice strong color. I, I love chartreuse and I think and like magenta are my favorite too. So. It's become kind of a signature thing for me to the point where I do neutral projects as well, but it's almost like people don't want to see it on my social media. So it's like I almost just don't ever even post those, which sounds awful. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where people are almost like, Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Have you totally changed who you are? Like, is this something? I'm like, I feel like no, I don't like, know you anymore. I know exactly. Like, I'm like, we're not like You're breaking like, up uh, or anything with me. color. Like, just sometimes people don't want that, and it's okay. Like, sometimes we right. break out. I actually just did um, a master bedroom reno recently that we painted everything high gloss black. Ooh, so the oh. walls, the trim, the doors, windows, everything, um, and then everything that has come in are just layers and layers of neutral um and we're bringing in a lot of like faux fur and the, we're doing a lot more with so textures sexy. and things is it hugh hafner i know he's dead but i, I feel like know. he might be alive no, in nashville it's the most wonderful nashville so family cool. it sounds awesome and they just they really wanted kind of a sexier master bedroom and what they had had before which is kind of drab and basic and so we brought in all of this black and white photography and some really cool like nudes and things so it's really it's a neat space but I haven't photographed it yet but I'm I think when I photograph it I probably will put like I don't know like one hot pink pillow mm-hmm. or something in it you just to you'll like have to, even calm though down it won't haters. actually live in the room mm-hmm. but like I think it'll just kind of make me and everyone really happy too when when the photos happen can I ask a question before you sorry if it's about this trim 
Yeah. The black yeah. trim. So that was just one room, right, in the house? Yes. So riddle me this. So the trim in the house can be different in different rooms? 100%. Okay. Okay. There has to be a very clear delineation, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. like where it starts and stops, there has to be a really, really perfect condition for that. So I never want to turn a corner uh-huh. and there be a change. But if I'm walking through a very clearly defined closed off doorway from one space into the next space, I'm completely fine to change the trim color. Okay. So my house here, like where you're kind of living room, dining room, you can see into them and they're sort of connected. Yes. I never, never change trim colors in this situation. Mm -hmm. But if you're going into what I would consider a more secluded space, like Mm -hmm. a guest room, like a bedroom bedroom Mm -hmm. in general, or a bath, a powder room, an office, a powder room is a really good example. I would do it all day long. Mm -hmm. I don't like the idea, and I've never done this, where there are multiple situations of that happening in Mm. one house. Um, For me, there's usually one super dramatic space in a house. So if if a whole home is painted beige or gray or white or whatever the neutral is – Normally, there will be one space. Right. And that we blew it out and did something really, really different. Because you don't want it to be a circus. Exactly. Every room doesn't need to have a theme. Oh, my goodness. No. Um, And if there were going to be two spaces that had crazy happening, it would probably be a powder room and then, like, maybe the master bedroom. Right. To where they're they're spread out. You know, maybe the powder room has an incredible wallpaper and maybe the master got an incredible paint treatment. And one's Um, public and one's private. Everyone's not going to see your bedroom. And powder rooms can be treated like little jewel boxes. And I know a lot of people feel that way because no one is spending tons of time. You don't have to live in them every day. Mm -hmm. It's made for your guests and people popping in and out of. And so you can do things that you're you're going to be way less likely to get tired of them because you're only experiencing them in little bits of time. Yeah. Um, and so you can go crazy. Let me ask a question about dark paint colors. Mm-hmm. Do you use a dark paint color when you don't have a lot of natural light or when you do? So... Um, I feel like a lot of people would answer this question differently just based purely off of their own opinion and their own aesthetic. But I like to do it when there is a lot of natural light. I feel like it's really important to not live in a cave. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to not feel like you can function. Like you need to be able to see. (laughs) You need to be able to, you know, comfortably read a book in your bed with even, you know, even with a lamp if it's too, too dark. I don't know. You just you don't feel comfortable in your own space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like having a lot of windows is really important in a room that you're going to paint super dark like that. Um, and also that allows you to do a higher gloss finish. And then when that light comes in mm-hmm. and it hits that paint and and you see that reflection, that gives you drama, yeah. which I really like. So those types of rooms, I think sometimes people think of that as a bad thing because they're getting like hot spots on the walls. But I'm like, no, like you can appreciate that you have this beautiful high gloss finish mm-hmm. um, and it makes the light that much prettier when it's coming in the window. So yeah. I don't know. But then you also you see people paint powder rooms with no windows and things like that in a really moody, dark color from time to time. That's true. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad decision, but I just prefer it when there is a light source. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people, maybe, and y'all tell me if you disagree, but I feel like people generally fall into one of two camps. They either like a room that's like light, bright, airy, you know, generally, like they like a lot of natural light mm-hmm. or they kind of don't 
like care. You know, I it, for me personally, it depends how I use that room. True. So right now we're sitting in my dining room, and I use this mostly at night. So I like it the darker wall, whereas my den or whatever room that's out by my kitchen, I sit out there a lot in the daytime, and I like to read the paper, and, all, and I want that to feel lighter. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I mean, you know, the way you use the room, I think, also kind of dictates that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point for sure. I think too. Um, a lot of people are just scared in general of dark paint. And so maybe even if they were a type of person who would enjoy it once it got up, a lot of people really hold themselves back and don't ever try it. And I would strongly encourage people like it's paint. Oh my gosh, it's paint. Like do it. Choose one room and go crazy and live with it for six months or a year. And if you honestly hate it, Oh my goodness, repaint it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But try it. Because um, I don't think that there's a reason for that fear. And I'm not really sure why psychologically people feel that way. But I would encourage people to branch out. And either way, even if you do a light paint or if you do a dark paint, I feel like either way you're going to bring in lots of the opposite of that. Like in this dining room, for example, you have light panels, you know, white molding, even your rug is this light. This piece of artwork even, which yeah. is so fantastic. And um, that's covering a huge, that's what, like a 48 by 48? That's mm-hmm. covering a huge swath of that gray. Right. And you're getting that really cool contrast. So yeah. you're accomplishing both. Yeah, um, exactly. Which is more interesting. Yeah. And if you have like an all white room, you have to bring in that dark, some dark, some somewhere. somewhere. Otherwise feel it like just feels. Hospital. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Operating so, room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to speak to um, travel because you oh, you yeah. spoke to that quite a bit and how you love to travel and we do yeah um, how you so how do you bring it into your home what do you recommend people you know who do like to travel what to bring back how to I have two incredibly easy things to bring back which I feel like everyone should do in my opinion my <laughs> humble opinion this is what everyone should do um, I adore travel it is what I spend. So my husband and I don't have children. Um, It is not in the plans to have children. And so we are able to configure maybe our budget in a slightly different way than what a lot of families do. And so we spend a lot on travel because it's really a priority for us. And we feel like it makes our lives better. And we feel like we walk away from each trip just newer, better versions of ourselves because of the experiences and the things we got to see and do. Um, so so it's, it's definitely a critical thing to me. Um, as far as bringing things back, A, just I think it brings you a broader life perspective on things, which cannot be downplayed. Like, I think that's important. But when it comes to actual goods to bring back, um, artwork is so easy to throw in a suitcase. Mm-hmm buy the pieces that aren't framed or aren't stretched on canvas and you don't even have to ship them. I mean, you roll them up and you put them in your carry-on and you mm-hmm. you bring them on yeah. home and take them to your favorite framer and you can do whatever you want with them. So um, usually almost every trip, I feel like I'm coming home with some kind of artwork in my possession on the plane. Um, so that's one thing. And then I buy books like a crazy person. Huh. Um, I buy so many books. And in other languages, even? Often, yeah. yeah. I, and and oftentimes I will... So bookstores are kind of one of my favorite types of stores to shop in, especially in other countries, because you just never know 
I feel like you just never know what you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes there are these amazing like graphic coffee table books that even though the captions are in another language, like the captions in coffee table books are kind of not what they're about anyway. Like it's about right. the imagery. Um, so, you know, I have this incredible book that I brought back on a trip from Paris once that was laying out in like a bargain bin on a street stall, like not even in a glamorous mm-hmm. bookstore, which, you know, there are some there, but it was of these giant red lips with like a cigarette coming out of the front of, on <laughs> on the, the cover of the book. And I was like, well, I don't even know what that book is, but I have to buy that. Like, <laughs> Stop everything. Like I have to go buy this book really quick. I have to carry the book around for like the next, you know, three or four hours. So we go back to the hotel But it was so worth it because I have that book now on my coffee table and it makes me so happy and the photos in it are so fantastic. It's all in French. I mean, I know like enough French to order in a restaurant, but like I have no idea what this book is saying. It could have completely inappropriate things in it. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, But it's fun and it's a memory and it's not expensive. You know, I mean, you're talking, you know, $20, $30 and you brought back something that's a memory. Um, So those are my two go-to things. And I think that... Those are the types of collections, your art collection and your book collection can travel with you to any home, you know, Mm -hmm. anywhere. And they can be reconfigured in different ways over and over and over again. Um, The most fascinating people that are older people that I meet are people when people Wait, are in how old? Oh no, like I'm talking older, you uh-huh. know, like like, se- like 70s, 50. let's say. No, 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 no. <laughs> older. Okay. Um, judging. who have traveled and lived these really interesting lives when you walk into their home and there there are always mountains and mountains of books and really cool completely mismatched artwork collections that tell the story of decades of where they've been and I love that like that is totally my goal for when I'm like an older lady um, 40 for, <laughs> for people to walk in to my home and be right. like wow like Kendall did some really cool stuff like let's go like sift through all of these things and see what we can find yeah so yeah that would be my answer and there are other things you come across who knows I mean oh, you pick up right. jewelry <laughs> and cl- I mean you know there's yeah. all these other things but um, the things that I think will stand the test of time are the art and the books for sure that's good advice. where is what what places, locales, or on uh, your travel bag? I was going to say, you, give uh, me your top three. That yeah, was going to be my next question. Because okay, so it's, it's so, hard. It's so natural to have for people to ask that question because I feel like that is a good question. Like, where's your favorite place you've ever been? But I'm like, I don't. How about this instead? Best but, shopping okay, all no, around the world. Uh, no, I can do. I, and I can answer like a top three, I think. Okay. Like, I think I can do that. Um, Istanbul, Turkey, y'all, was a life-changing trip for me. And I went by myself which was amazing. Um, solo trip I did, it's been about four years ago. It's before people like like really stopped going to Turkey, but mm-hmm. it was like borderline on that time. <laughs> um, my family was definitely like, what are you doing? My, I got some definite like upset phone calls from my parents. Um, but I researched it to death and I made the decision like, I want to do it. I want to go. I want to go before... Things get bad enough that maybe I won't ever, you know, that I won't be able to go. And I spent two weeks there and it was. Oh, that's a big trip. It was a a big trip. Well, I I was there most of the time. I did jump over. I was in Romania for a few days as well, which was cool as well. But a lot of time in Istanbul. And I love traveling to a place where 
you are, you may go through a day and maybe come across one person who has English, you know, and, and so you have to force yourself to, which I mean, obviously like you're in Turkey, like that's fine. But often when you travel in Europe, oftentimes you really don't even have to get out of your comfort zone Mm-mm. at all because I mean, everybody speaks everyone English. speaks yep. English and you're not forced onto that edge where you can't communicate. Um, and so I feel like when you have to do that, all of a sudden you almost like lose the ability to communicate verbally, which then heightens all of your other senses mm. to where everything you're seeing, everything you're you're absorbing is almost it's stronger and it's a a different kind of memory, like a different kind of sense memory than if you're just walking around talking to people and not paying attention, maybe yeah. as on as deep of a level, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, makes so total sense. Mm-hmm. That's something. So Thailand is another top three, which was a similar situation. When you're in the bigger cities, if you're in like Bangkok or Chiang Mai, if you're in like, I don't know, if you're on the islands like Koh Phi Phi or whatever, like you're in tour- pretty tourist spots. And so people are going to speak English with you. But when you're out like kind of in the more rural areas, it's the same thing. And there you, their language and their alphabet is so completely different from our English right. alphabet that you're just like, I can't read a sign. Uh-uh. You can't navigate. I can't navigate. Yeah. Like, I can do nothing right now. Like, oh, my goodness. And so, you, again, your your senses are heightened and you remember that feeling so much more. Um, so those are top two. My third is so basic and it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason, which is Paris. I mean, I think I've been to Paris like six times at this point and I would go back again tomorrow and I will continue to go back forever because it's just amazing. And everywhere you look, it's beautiful and everything is about aesthetics and you don't walk around and see like a shop, like a strip mall shopping center. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like every building is great. Um, and even their not great buildings are are pretty great, you know, yeah. compared to a lot of other places. <laughs> yeah. And and so it's just beautiful. Um, and I kind of love everything about being there. So that's one of my things where I'm like, you know, if you, anyone in the world who hasn't been to Paris yet, there's a reason why people talk about Paris and you should definitely go. Mm-hmm. And the shopping, to answer your second question, is <laughs> Paris. I mean, you can't get any better. Um going to give away one of my favorite secrets. So everyone goes to Klingencore, um, which is the big flea market there. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes to that one. And it's it's kind of almost permanent, basically, now. I mean, there are still some temporaries, but I mean, they're like, it's like going to antique stores. Yeah, they've moved in with their stall. And that's great. And they sit there with their dog and their baguette and their cigarettes. Yes. And stare at you when you and walk everyone by. everyone should do that. <laughs> and everyone should do that. And it's great. Um, but there is another flea market that's actually like an actual flea market, which is um, Vanva, V-A-N-V-E-S. Um, it is south in the 14th arrondissement, and it's only on the weekends. So it's only like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's literally an area you would never go to the 14th really for any tourist reason you really feel like you're in this super authentic kind of working neighborhood um and it's all tents and blankets on a sidewalk like mm-hmm. all around like two or three blocks and so if people out there are going to paris like and you actually want to go to a flea market and walk around and look at people's like junk you right. know and buy things you can afford and buy things you can afford mm-hmm. but it's you know there's that everything from like old 
shoes, you know, that you would never want. And you're like, ew, like just like a regular flea market. But then the next guy is selling these wonderful vintage whatever, you know, like just these little bits and bobs. Hand-dyed linens or things of buttons. um, mm -hmm. There's a guy that's always set up there who sells um, vintage cuttings of old wallpaper that are fantastic. Like, and he's always there. Um, That's cool. And they're cool. Like, you could buy 10 or 12 of them for maybe, you know, 10 bucks a pop or something and frame them all as kind of a collection, and they'd be incredible. Um, So that, to me, is the flea market that I always prefer to go to and that I like to send people to because it actually feels – like you have that sense of discovery, like where you're actually digging through like a milk crate looking for like a crystal doorknob or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it may only be five euros, whereas at Klingencore, it's just a whole nother thing. And and you're looking much more at investment pieces. Um, it's very curated. It I would is. Say, right? It absolutely is. And you're. it's basically you're walking through Paris first dibs is kind of what it feels like. Um, and I think oftentimes that can be intimidating if you're not in the market to spend $10,000 on a, you know, a chair. Sure. Um, you just want to go on vacation and and walk through a Paris flea market. So yeah. that's 100% my favorite, favorite shopping. <laughs> Those are good. Yeah, it's good. It's a fun, it's a fun place for sure. <laughs> okay, so what's the weirdest thing you have brought back from mm, travel? Yes. Oh weirdest gosh. object. Uh, Not a disease or Burn anything. Burn yeah. was like an 800-ton <laughs> Not a GI ivory problem. elephant. Oh, man. You know, that's actually, I don't think I've brought back anything super weird. Probably the only thing that was just like a pain that I packed up is I did bring back from Vomva. I bought a pair of sconces like that. I was like, these are totally going to get jacked up. Like if I actually put them in my luggage and I was being really cheap and I didn't want to ship them. And so um, my luggage totally got torn apart and like rifled through, though, because they were these old sconces with like weird wiring and stuff like coming out of the back so they totally were like um yeah. does that Bomb. have bomb parts in mm-hmm. her suitcase like, <laughs> so i could definitely like it was one of those things at security like in my when it went through the you know little x-ray machine they were like yeah you're gonna need to come over here like what is in this bag mm-hmm. and i was like i i was expecting it like let's go yeah um but nothing nothing too straight i did buy a bottle of wine in romania from a guy at a farmer's market that was completely unmarked and unlabeled, like with nothing. And you're like not supposed to bring unlabeled like liquid perishables, things like back, whatever. So like I did it anyway. And I was really concerned that I was going to get in trouble like when I came back through with that. But like they didn't care. It was in the wine was terrible, by the way. Like it was was just all the um it was it was one of those things where um, the guy was so sweet and it was snowing and, you know, it was Brashov in Romania and it was like this little snowy square and he was selling hot wine and he was just the cutest little dude. And, and I was like, you know what, like, give me a bottle of that wine. And it was like the equivalent of like two dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, like. Yeah. Let me get a bottle of wine. We opened that up and I have not met a bottle of wine that I like won't drink. Like, you mean I'm like, (laughs) I bought the wine. Like, we're going to drink the wine. And we could not get that down. We couldn't stomach it. Like, my husband and I each had about an inch out of our glass and we were like, yeah. That's bad. We gave it a college try. It's going down the drain. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good memory, like, from that little, that fun little evening and buying it from him. But yeah, it was, he was not. It's funny after the fact. Remember that time? 
time we bought terrible wine yeah, and carried it, was, it home. It was a fun experience because I'm like, oh, we're going we're gonna to open this wine. I brought it back. My husband's like, mmm, delicious. Like <laughs> I can see in his eyes. I'm like, and then I taste it. I'm like, okay, yeah. We're not yes, doing this. <laughs> is there anything that your husband buys while y'all are traveling to bring home? Or is um, he a hoarder he, like the rest um, of us? He will buy, like, like legit bottles of wine, like actual good wine. You know, we were in Bordeaux. Like $4 for bottles. The, oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we were in Bordeaux last summer. We went on a great kind of trip there with my my mom and dad. And, you know, he'll, he'll invest in some nicer wine to bring back usually. But he's not really – he's not a big shopper, so – um, he leaves all that to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he'll buy some clothes every once in a while or something. He's a little bit more of a clothes horse than I am. He loves a nice, like, well-cut shirt and things like that. So, you know, when you're traveling in Thailand and places like that, you can get these beautiful things tailored. So he'll he'll do some things like that. Um, but not that's about it. He's not a shopper. One thing that I loved about your portfolio is that you – have a lot of like high low mix like there's some trade only pieces but then there's also some stuff that like urban anyone yeah, yeah urban. Right. <laughs> there's also a little ballard in there there is there totally is ballard um i love well okay it comes for two reasons one i like operating that way because it allows people to splurge on really cool things but then still have the capability within their budget to finish everything, to really tie the whole space together, Mm -hmm. which is something that's critical for me. Like I won't halfway do a room. Like if we're undertaking a project, a client and myself, we are going to finish it soup to nuts until it's it's just so. Um, And so by doing a high-low mix, we can get it all. Like we can do everything we need to do for you to love your room and be able to function in your Mm -hmm. room. But also it's necessity. I mean, my clients are young, like as far as the general population of people who are hiring an interior designer, I feel like like I'm on the very young side of the spectrum. So my clients are mostly in their early 30s. Um, And and I have some that are beyond that, but that's the bulk of them. And we have to buy everything. They're coming to me often with nothing to reuse. You know, it's like, okay, it's time for us to buy our big kid furniture and uh-huh. we're getting rid of everything else or That's everything else is going right? into the basement or everything else is going into the playroom. And yeah. we have to start from zero. And when you have to start from zero, that's a lot of dollars that have to go into that budget. And so by necessity, that means like we're going to splurge on a couple of, I'm going to say forever pieces. But man, you nailed it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you some artwork on Urban Outfitters that costs forty five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And For that gallery wall. We yeah. are gonna mix it up. And and like I am gonna splurge on incredible custom drapery because you're gonna have that for a really long time. But then maybe we do bring in some Ballard design chairs around your dining table. Like, um, what are the ones that are they're like faux bamboo bamboo Dana? <laughs> Thank you. I saw them on yes. your side. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> plus everybody Instagram, someone loves they're, them. They're they're fantastic <laughs> they're chairs, yeah, and they they're at an amazing price point. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas great quality. They're mm. they're fantastic, and and oftentimes, um, some I've used them a few times. Sometimes I will even go back in, and will reupholster the, the seat. Yeah. yeah. Cushion. Absolutely. So easy. And then they look custom. Um, so that's a way to get a dining chair that looks 
incredibly expensive and you've mixed them in with some other more expensive pieces and it elevates everything. Yep. Um, so that's the way to get the look. But, it, you know, it's not realistic for my clients to go into for me to go into ADAC, you know, and buy trade only sourced items for every single piece, because, I mean, you'd be you can't find a dining chair for less than, you know, I don't know, like. 800 bucks doing it that way. And when you multiply that times eight, like all of a sudden, wow, like half of our budget's gone. (laughs) I mean, you know, everyone's budget is different, but that's just an example. So, so the high low mix, I love it because I just feel like, I don't know, it just makes things more fun. But at the same time, like we just, we just have to do it. Y'all, should we do some decorating dilemmas? Let's do it. I feel like it's time. Let's solve some problems. Okay, the first one is from Gwen, and Gwen. she says, How do you add more lamps to a room? My living room only has two, a task lamp on the desk and a floor lamp in between the sofa and love seat. I do not have side tables because of a large coffee table. Also, the furniture is in between windows, so a lamp would go directly in front of a window. Is that faux pas? I do have an overhead lighting with dimmers. She did put dimmers because we've talked about dimmers. Good job, and she knows Gwendolyn. I love dimmers. <laughs> Yay. Yay, Gwen. Um, so, okay, this is a good question. I love lamps. Like, I'll, <laughs> because I've seen Anchorman, but, like, I love, I love lamps. Um, <laughs> I love them. And so I think it's really important to fit as many as you can into a room without being crazy. Um, of course, I don't, I don't really know the size of this room or kind of the layout, but I would say this. Um, even though there's a large coffee table there, if there is at all room, there really should be side tables Mm -hmm. regardless, kind of no matter what. So even Mm -hmm. if there's a place for everyone's drink on the big coffee table, you kind of need those other furniture pieces just to anchor the sofa. So it doesn't feel like it's floating in a room. Like I like a sofa to almost have bookends on either yeah. side with like a really great side table and they don't have to be huge but they they need to be there in general um and i would anchor a, a beautiful table lamp on either side of those and the fact that they're in front of windows doesn't bother me one bit I, better. I think yeah. it's great because then from outside um it's kind of warm and inviting when you see all of that warm light showing through your windows um so I, I don't think it's a faux pas at all. I mean, I feel like oftentimes with furniture layouts in living areas, you want to have as many windows as you possibly can in those rooms. Mm-hmm. So it's just natural that certain lamps are going to land in front of those. Um, so I would definitely add side tables with table lamps. And then I love wall sconces whenever possible. And even ones that you don't, I think sometimes people don't want to commit to hardwiring their sconces, but... The, the plug-in kinds are wonderful. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure Ballard has, mm-hmm. you guys have we some do. of those that are the cool, like, swing arm. Um, I was false, looking at them today online. Yeah, those are a, a really cool source. If for some reason you were in such a tight space that there was no way to put side tables or your side tables had to be really small. Which is you, still okay. Which yeah. is still okay. Yeah. Uh, but too so small for a small lamp, that maybe, you yeah. couldn't put a, a table lamp on it. I would consider somehow um, possibly doing wall sconces yeah. instead, and then you still get the same function. There is a table that the Miles Red marble table that it's only like thirteen inches wide. 
Like that's yeah, that's designed really good it to size. be very narrow. Yeah, he, so it can be the depth of a sofa, but not wide at all. Exactly. So, so there's we room just, for a lamp in the back, and your drink in the front. And yeah, and we just designed another one. I know from an antique they brought back from Paris. Yes. it's like ten inches wide or something ridiculous. Which again, wow. you need a thinner lamp, but you. Would, but I mean, if but you they were, have those great candlestick style mm-hmm, lamps, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. or um, again, the wall light is is a really good option, like a swing arm wall sconce, mm-hmm. or even having a cool reading style you know floor lamp behind your small side table Mm -hmm. i've always like that would never really occur to me to do but i have noticed that recently with lots of designers like on instagram or whatever where they'll have a little teeny side table and they'll have a floor lamp that has like a cantilevered arm you know articulating Mm -hmm. and it'll they'll place it so that the light is just directly centered over the side table but it's not actually on the side on table. it yeah so and when, that always looks so when nice that's a really good choice so for the sofa area of this room i love the idea of the side tables right and mm-hmm. preferably with table lamps but if you have um oftentimes in living areas there's like another corner with a chair that's usually kind of by itself and a lot of times those will be like a swivel chair or you just won't have a lot of room in the corner so you might have only like a small circular like Drink, table. drink stand mm-hmm. even and so it's really fun in that situation to have the floor lamp yeah. instead and like you're saying center it behind that table um and then too with the floor lamp i feel like when kids get in swivel chairs you don't worry quite as much about them knocking over an accent table with a table lamp right. i don't know like for some reason i feel like the floor lamp is a little bit more stable when it's behind one of those chairs yeah. like it's less likely to end point. up getting broken <laughs> um i don't know like i've had a lot of stories from clients where kids get in swivel chairs and just like go wild and just like yeah. treat them like a little <laughs> they ride don't stay in the same spot yeah you know they, they somehow like move 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 they totally do yeah. but so i think there's a lot of opportunity in this mm-hmm. room to add like a lot more light if you yeah. wanted just depending on the the room layout how many should she aim to have Ooh, we don't okay. know how big a room is. Yeah. Well, okay, like as a minimum, like what is the minimum you would put I think in a room? If you had, let's just say she has her sofa and love seat, and then there is another corner with a chair, I would say to shoot for either two table lamps um, or two wall lamps on either side of the sofa. Then on the other side of the love seat, that gives you a third corner mm-hmm. that you could have a third lamp. And then mm-hmm. I would say if there is another corner of the room that maybe does have a lone chair, you could have a lamp with that as well. What I'm not sure of is she mentions she has a desk in this room that also has a task light on it. So getting into five lamps like might be a little too much. So yeah. I would say probably shoot for somewhere around four. But here's the thing about a task lamp. Most of the time, they don't really give off that much light except Mm-mm. for where you're directing Very directed, it. yeah. So it's... I don't it's know. It's not going to help your room. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going to help point. the overall ambiance of your room. It's just going to help wherever you're actually right. working. Yeah. Are you really using that desk to pay your bills? That's my question. <laughs> Gwen. Yeah, because if not, you're not, make a big statement lamp over there. Get rid of the mm-hmm. task lamp and put a beautiful, cool with a shade lamp. shade that's yeah. actually going to light that corner of the yeah. room. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, I love anything with just a really beautiful, like classic cream linen shade on it. I think that that gives everything such a nice glow. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan, even though they're coming back. And I know you guys are doing them now. And I keep saying, oh, my gosh. 
Mm-hmm. I may eat my words on this. Man, they are doing those awesome like fabric pleated, pleated shades. Yeah, that's Miles oh, Red. Miles Red is know, all about it. I know. It. And I keep seeing them. And it's so funny because I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, that is out of my comfort zone. But which what is if it so was a magenta funny. silk? Maybe. I don't know. Would you like it? <laughs> you know, oh, you'd time, be in. Okay. So the times that I see those images on social media or online or whatever, when I love them is when there is a fabric pleated shade that is in front of a fabric upholstered or wallpaper covered wall in the same pattern to where it's like pattern on pattern. And then oftentimes there will even then be a headboard also upholstered in the same fabric where someone like bought the bolt and just went crazy. (laughs) Um, I like that look, but I don't know something about it. I I am obsessed recently. It's like a little bit out of my zone, but who knows? Like we could talk again in two years. And I'm like, oh my God, all I'm doing are like pleated fabric shades <laughs> right. and they're the best, you know. But right now, like they they kind of scare me a little bit. I feel like they give a house that little like English country house vibe, which I always love. And so they, they feel it, that's very what... custom. Yeah, Like when true. I Expensive. see a like pleated printed fabric shade, I'm like someone went to a lot of effort to select that fabric and they really, yeah. really customize their room. And so I love that you guys are offering that in a, like it's quite a few fabrics, right? If I'm not mistaken, it's a handful. Well, they'll do a, diff- a few each season. Okay, so mm-hmm. I just think that that's giving people an option to have the look of a custom yeah. shade without the cost because <laughs> they're expensive. Our next question is from Gretchen and she actually has photos. So hopefully we can really solve her her dilemma. Perfect. Um. And Gretchen writes, and she writes, I love you. I love your podcast. I think everyone says this, but really, I do, which is super, super sweet. We Uh, love you, Gretchen. My husband and I bought our home about two and a half years ago, and although we've been ready to gut the kitchen since day one, we wanted to live in it for a while in order to get a feel for how we use the space. We knew that the kitchen would turn into a first-floor reno at the same time. Mm -hmm. So here's where I need your professional opinions. We have a small family room that is open to the kitchen area. It has a large fireplace on one end, opposite the kitchen, and about 36 inches on either side of the fireplace. We are trying to determine if it makes more sense to A, put a window on either side of the fireplace, or B, built-ins on either side of the fireplace with recessed lights inset. Some other items to note. There are only 8-foot ceilings, and there is a covered porch off the back of this room causing reduced amount of natural light in the space i desperately want the room to feel light bright and airy we will be painting the walls benjamin moore white dove to to help with this ripping out the awful carpet and putting hardwood floors in new sofa not a sectional and chairs etc and then she asks our thoughts and she also finishes with i would also love to know your thoughts on a floor plan Furniture layout. We don't have tons of space, and the door to the porch opens into the room, almost right in the middle, preventing furniture on that side. And then there's the photos. She also has a Dana chair. She does have a Dana chair. I have a twofold answer to this. Um, as I have mentioned, I adore books. I love books so much. And if if Gretchen has an awesome book collection go built-ins and and display mm-hmm. them with pride. If like a lot of people who are going toward all digital products, like so many people like don't have any books anymore and then they f- are forcing themselves 
to go out and buy the books and the tchotchkes and the the things right. to fill the built-ins with, um, that's when I have a problem with that. Like if you have an a, amazing collection of books or even if it was an amazing collection of pottery or, you know, something that you love and you've been working on mm-hmm. and you want to display and see it from your kitchen every day, put those built-ins in so that you can capitalize on what you have. But if you don't have that and you're yeah. just going to have to go buy things to clutter up some more shelves, um, go with the windows. Um, you need the, the natural light. Every room, especially a room with eight-foot ceilings, I've lived in those houses before, like kind of that mm-hmm. mid-century sort of aesthetic where you're you're just dying to get more light. Um put the windows in all day long. And then you can also do really interesting drapery all the way around the room um, as a cool way to bring yeah. in fabric on two complete walls, which I, I love the idea of softening that. So bookshelves, built-ins, if you have a collection, and if not, I would go windows definitely. And then furniture layout, I think that yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge, like this is a little controversial, but I'm like not a huge fan of sectional sofas. I kind of feel like it's just this one big massive thing that fills the whole room, whereas I'd rather see a beautiful sofa with a pair of swivel chairs or something to mm-hmm. where the sofa could could be on the wall facing the door. And then if you put an amazing pair of swivel chairs um, facing the fireplace, those could then turn and people could also sit in those and enjoy having a conversation with people either at the breakfast area or in the actual kitchen, Yeah, which I like the flexibility of. Um, I also like that that lets you have two different upholstery fabrics instead of having to commit to just one, mm-hmm. um, which I'm just such a fabric lover that anytime I can get like more yeah. textures and, and more options into one space, um, the better. Yeah. Okay. So right now, like she said, um, her door to her back porch enters sort of right into the middle of the sitting area. And it looks like this sort of, this back wall has lots of windows um, and this sort of double wide French door Mm -hmm. um, that opens into this sort of very inappropriate place. You'd have to like walk into the house, veer over into the sitting area, then to exit into the, if you're going to renovate all that, why not just make that window and have your door be further to the left down the wall so that when you walk into the room, then you could egress easily through a door that would be right in front of you. And then that just be windows into your room. Yeah, that's a good option. You could also, depending on budget and, you know, how extensive they want to go, you could also just change the door swing, like like leave the right. opening in place, mm. but have it be an outward swinging door rather than inside. Um, oh, and then yeah. you can, like that, you can do fairly easily. But I thought for security reasons, you weren't supposed to have a door swing. Uh, as long as you have a five point or a three point locking system, what? you are good. Okay. So do you guys know about these? No. Okay, so a basic door just has like one deadbolt. Mm-hmm. So there's one like thing just yeah, going right. from the actual door into the the Framing. casing. Yeah. So from there, that's not super secure. Like people can kick that in pretty easily. But if you go to a three-point locking system, that means every time you turn the lock, it locks not only the deadbolt, but also one at the top and at the bottom. And then oh. if you go crazy, the most secure is a five-point there's the middle one, top, bottom, and then two others going into the casing. And those are like crazy secure. Um, so oftentimes on new construction houses, um, 
this doesn't appear to be a French door, which is in their benefit. Right. So this is more secure. French doors, almost all new construction now, we're doing five-point locking systems because it makes that French door virtually impossible to kick in, whereas that used to be like the weakest point. Sure. So if anyone is ever concerned about security in that way, then that's the product they need to be looking at. It's a really cool thing. Okay, I just had an idea too. What about a... I feel like in a lot of craftsman homes, they'll do a bookcase like two-thirds or even just half of the way up the wall, and then they'll put a window over the top. So that way you could kind of like kill two birds with one stone. I'm even cheaper, and I think two beautiful like Burlwood chest with art over both on either side would also – Or Mm -hmm. mirrors even to make the room reflective because it doesn't have Mm -hmm. that much light. Um, If if not renovating, like if if she's keeping – um, I also had the idea that if she just – she has a shelf over her sectional for what looks like she likes to display pictures and maybe some art and frames. Um, if she wanted to do that over the mantle instead and put her TV on the wall that she has um, – that way you could still leave that, you know, you could rearrange the furniture and keep the sofa um, and have two chairs on either side of the kind of fireplace. And um, yeah. so you're focused and do some big art and even yeah. maybe all those layered picture frames. Yeah. Um, but again, both of those are not really what she asked. Yeah. <laughs> it was if she just was like redecorating per se, not renovating. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons I like your idea, Kendall, about the the drapery with the panels and two swivel chairs is because I feel like the TV is like the one dramatic thing on that wall. Mm-hmm. She needs like some yeah. other really I think bold that's why stuff. Yeah, I want she art a TV or something. Over there. She need whatever you choose. Do we feel like she needs – she says she's going to switch to just a sofa, not a sectional. Does her sofa need to face the TV straight on or would you put it to the side? Like how – do you feel like works best for the space? Because it it's not huge. What are your thoughts? I like it facing the door rather than Out blocking room, yeah. kind of as a barrier between the kitchen and the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, the seating that ends up being a barrier between two rooms to be as open as possible. So I kind of love the idea of those being the chairs and then the big sofa piece kind of anchoring this big wall that's across from the door. So a pair of chairs directly mm-hmm. facing the mantle mm-hmm. and then the sofa perpendicular to the mantle. Yep, yep. Got and it. then I actually still like the idea of having um, a single chair over in the corner where she has this one um, to the left of the fireplace. I think that's actually a nice like kind of a reading corner. Yeah. Um, and it sort of rounds out the upholstery to where there's fabric on all sides of the room by still having that piece. Yeah. And maybe I can't I can't really tell how much floor space she has, but she could even change the size or the direction that the coffee table is facing, like to where she maybe had a rectangular coffee table running parallel with the sofa and she could maybe even fit in a small little ottoman or a footstool or something with this single chair over in the corner to make that really cozy. Yeah. Nice. And oh, that's the perfect example, too, of what I was talking about for the prior uh, question about the lamp with the small table. Um, That single chair is the perfect spot for a floor lamp with like Mm -hmm. a little drink stand kind of table with it because they don't have a ton of real estate over there. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to, you know, crowd it with a giant table Mm -hmm. lamp. We have been doing something with a lot of our little they're they're literally drinks table and they're just like one drink size 
worth. And I love those. I think they're so – we have, like, probably four or five, like, different styles. And I think they're so fun. I love those. I have the silliest comment to add, though. I have used those once before. And the chair – like, the little drink stand, it was maybe like a – Do they tip over? Like a six-inch square, I would say it is. But – it was too similar, like it was in a bronze color, and it was too similar in color to the chair that it sat behind, beside. <laughs> so the husband couldn't ever see that it was there. And so as he would walk through, he would not like knock it over constantly <laughs> to the point where the wife was like, yeah, we can't have this here. Like, it's a problem. And I was like, okay, it wouldn't have happened if I had maybe done it in like a brass. Right. Or, yeah. I mean, even like a nickel or white or just something that showed up a little more with mm-hmm. contrast. But she just walking wasn't seeing by. it. Yeah. And it was so tiny that it wasn't just like he was bumping it. It was so small that, I mean, all he over. was just yeah. like, like throwing it over <laughs> every time. So that's such a silly thing. But A, make sure it's not in a traffic path. Like that was also a problem. Yeah. And just make sure you notice it. But that that little size is really handy for just like a glass of wine or whatever. Okay. Well, that client needs the Miles Red Kidney drinks table because it has a little foot that you slip hold on i'm gonna pull it up yeah it cantilevers under the foot of your sofa and so you put the base under the foot of your sofa and it cantilevers out Mm -hmm. oh that's brilliant and it's also not the same color as that chair yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's good well like i said it's like chrome see so it has this like crazy little foot and i actually swivels and it um that is and it has a you guys telescoping Height. Height. So oh. you can kind of make it whatever height wow. you need. That's so. brilliant. That solves all of the problems right there. And that <laughs> just sometimes, even as a designer, you still think back and you're like, why did I do that? Like you, just, <laughs> you do those things where you think that was such a mistake. And you try to always learn from that and never do it again. But you just end up with all these little silly things that you've done where you're like, okay, I probably should have known better than that, but to move on. Experience. That's like you're the pro. You make all <laughs> yes. your mistakes on someone else, and then we come to you, and ours is perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, Kendall, will you tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and all that good stuff? Sure. Um, so on Instagram, I try to post every day, so that's probably where I'm most active. And so my Instagram handle is Kendall K Simmons. Um, so K-E-N-D-A-L-L-K-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. Um, and then my website is just kendallsimmons.com. So some other lucky person got Kendall Simmons before me on Instagram. So I had to add my middle initial. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming by. No, thank you guys. Really it's appreciate been really it. fun. I feel like I'm following the wrong Kendall now. I'm sorry. I'm looking on my no. Instagram. <laughs> Just confirming. Like, Thank you so much for stopping in. Yeah. We loved having you this next time you're in town. I know. Next I time. feel like I don't come to Atlanta enough. For being as close as it is to Nashville, like... It's an easy drive. It's an easy drive. Mm-hmm. And ADAC is such... People who live in it, in Atlanta and are designers, please be so grateful that you have such an amazing design center because <laughs> our other poor cities like Nashville that don't have one is lacking. So anyway, it's really, really fun. And it's open to the public. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good place for inspiration. Um, and I need to get down here more for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we loved having you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. All right, guys, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it and subscribe, of course. We love seeing those little subscriptions. And um, 
every episode, I post the show notes with links and photos, all of our answers and all the photos from the decorating dilemmas and all sorts of little tidbits. And you can find the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And until next time, happy happy decorating. decorating.